Welcome back to another episode of the Blockbuster Hall of Fame. We have everybody back finally. Everyone's here. Even though Seth is on vacation, he's a better man than I, and he showed up for the podcast. Mainly because he chose these movies. He has to show up. But still, he's here. Um, Seth, Jordan, Jared, we're all here. Um, how y'all doing? Seth, we'll start with you, man. Hello? Great. <laughs> awesome. Oh, Jared, how you doing, man? Oh, hey. I, uh, I'm, I'm, oh. I'm doing good. <laughs> You're doing good? Okay. Seth is doing good. We're moving on. Jared, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. Cannot complain. Awesome. Um, Yorton? Doing, doing pretty good. Just uh, get everything game back to normal for me. Okay. Where, was your life better before or after this movie? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's just more things are going on in my life that getting things back to how I normally live my life. And so excited about that. Okay. So, hey, refresh me. I, I didn't, I, I listened to most of the episode, but I don't remember. Did you guys, no, y'all did. You guys did put first class in the Hall of Fame, right? Right. Absolutely. And <laughs> calm down, Seth. <laughs> <laughs> who, uh, who voted for it? I'm guessing Jared and Seth. Right. Or everyone. It was it was uh, two to one. It was Jared and me, and then Jordan voted no. How come you didn't put it in there? I don't know. It, it's well, it's because it's the Hall of Fame, and I just it just didn't get that rewatch that I liked about it, and I just felt like it was missing something special that I felt about it before. I still enjoyed the but, movie a lot. It just but the three hour Armageddon yeah. is a rewatchable. Oh movie. yeah, I do that all the time, man. It, oh, no God. problem. Um, hey, who won the, let's, uh, doing some cleaning here. Uh, who won the Rotten Tomatoes game? Jordan. Okay, cool. He won RoboCop 3 and this? Oh, he's whooping ass. Okay. Um, Jared, thank you for hosting, man. You did a good job. I appreciate it. Of course. Um, all right, cool. So we're going to start off, uh, thank you guys for letting me have five minutes to discuss Days of Future Past to start this episode off, because I, I feel like it's essential viewing in order to watch it this movie you know the first time i watched it go to lead into this movie and i feel like a lot of my thoughts carry over into this movie or it will explain at least a lot of my thoughts on this movie um all right so first class notes i'm going to say stuff and i want you guys to respond so my big takeaway is that this movie first class has incredible bones as you guys like to say and is actually a really remarkable film it's not just a good movie it's a rare x-men good movie my issue is that i just wish they had made this a true reboot of the franchise because they didn't have the balls to do that we're stuck with the wackest x-men team in history instead of the comic accurate fab five also not being a full reboot results in the beginning of the many continuity issues within this franchise for example alex summers is cyclops's brother yet he's like I, it just there's no mention of it there's no way they would be the same it just it just doesn't work um that's just one of many that's just the first one i wrote down so seth you put this in the hall of fame am yes. i am i outlandish for that takeaway 
Absolutely. Uh, I'm just kidding. Oh. No, not not fully. X Men movies are known for their continuity issues, uh, and it's a whole different universe. Like you know, in the next movie we're going to watch, they're going to explain you know Alex Summers and Alex. Scott Summers and their relationship, and it's different than the comics. But I mean, they're brothers still, but it's a different dynamic, uh, and so. You get a little bit of explanation for that one. It does have some of the same continuity issues that, especially with you know Logan coming up, and then with Dark Phoenix, and also with X Men Three and stuff. And so there is some timelines, multiple timelines, and you know one movie they made that they just act like doesn't exist, and that's Wolverine Origins. So yeah, you are right about the continuity issues. There are continuity issues. I am glad they didn't reboot it though, because it did lead in to this movie we're talking about today, and I appreciate that fact. I get that. I get that. I just because it's not a full reboot, they couldn't use the famous cast of characters, and they had to settle for fucking havoc. Um, a angel, a girl who has butterfly wings and spits acid, and I don't know what that black guy's name was. He was cool as hell, but like he's not Darwin. the guy. Darwin. Darwin. Um and so you Alex, actually like Darwin in the movie? <laughs> I, I felt I, I they didn't let me like him because they got rid of him too quick. Um, Alex Summers is not an original X Men. Mystique is in this as a like it's just it's a lot of issues for me because they didn't have the balls to do a full reboot. Um, all right, I'm gonna go over the bad and then I'll go over the good because I like to finish on a positive note. All right, um, I already talked about Alex Summers and Psychops. Do you guys feel like they miscast Beast? Nah, uh, I, was, I had some really. issues with Beast One, it, and it was just mainly it was not so much the casting; it was more the direction they gave Beast. And in first class, yes. Okay, I feel like it was a little bit of a miscast. I like the actor, but I also had problems with the direction. Jared, how about you? I liked him, um, Nicholas Holt. I think he's a good actor. Uh, he brought like some levity. The beast, so I really like like that he made him like a real person. So enjoy that. Um, he peeked at about a boy. Right, um, <laughs> beast looks. Beast looks. He, I thought he. I thought he looked really kind of stupid in his monster form. He's too light. He looks like a chia pet. And I hear an echo, by the way. So if your mic is next to the speaker, you might want to move it away. That's Jared. That's Jared. Oh shoot. I'm sorry, y'all. That's all right. Fine. Am I alone there, or do you, did he not look terrifying? <laughs> I'm here. I'm hearing an echo too. I'm hearing an echo too. Oh, you made about it, uh, oh, made beast? About it uh, beast. Yeah. Yeah. No, Jared, I had no problem. Jared. No, I had no problem. I had no problem. Well, we got to get this figured out. Hold on. Jared. What about now? Oh, it sounds good. Can you hear it? There we go. Yeah, yeah. My yep. voice didn't come back. All right, so you guys are thumb. Nope, it's back. Damn it! And it went away again. All right, so oh. um, I think it's so far away. I think right. it's gone. Yay or nay on Beast? His his look. I, he's my least favorite X Men character of all time, so I'm fine with him because I don't care if he looks dumb or good. So I'm kind of indifferent to the question. I don't want to waste too much time, so I'm going to move on to, to the next note. January Jones is the least threatening Emma Frost, and she just is flat out not very good in that movie. At one Correct. point, she, she's the leader of the X-Men, and she's kind of Magneto-esque. I don't know. 
I just felt like yes. I, I couldn't buy her in the future doing the things that Emma Frost is supposed to do. Yes. Okay. Um, there's a scene where Beast was running super fast in the trading montage, and it was kind of stupid. Don't know why they didn't cut that out. Um, Zoe, Zoe Kravitz acid spitting is kind of embarrassing on screen. That was pretty stupid. She's like flying. Going... <laughs> it just was like, what are you doing? Um, I have a lot of good stuff to say, though. Xavier and Magneto are easily the best part of the movie and the future movies. Their motivations in this movie are fantastic, and I think they're as perfectly cast as they were in the original trilogy, which I still hate. Um, Seth, I think you're on board there. I, I hate X3, but I love X-Men 1 and 2. No, I'm talking about the casting of Xavier. Oh, oh yes, casting. Yes, yes, 100%. Um, I thought Kevin Bacon as a bad guy was actually really good. I liked him a lot. Yes. Um, really good origin story. Just featured the wrong X-Men. I don't care about anyone on that team aside from Professor X and Magneto. And the sequels proved no one else did either. Um, <laughs> probably in the wrong section there. The action set pieces were also fantastic. Magneto and Azazel highlights for sure. And the blue and yellow uniforms weren't bad. It was a really good start. I like those. Now, let's get into this movie. So, Jared, is this a better movie than First Class for you? Oh, it's a much better movie um, than First Class. Um, and First Class was a good movie. This movie is just... It's just so fun to watch. And to just... I'm not really like a guy who, obviously, as we watch these movies, root for the good guys, but it's hard not to. Excuse me. Sorry. It's hard not to root for the X-Men in this movie, and just it just made me feel like good to actually have a heart, I guess. <laughs> it It is. Like you said, it was just a fun movie, and I agree. It's it's really fun, and it, it's so fun that you almost, like, there's some stuff that doesn't make sense, but you almost don't remember it until, like, your third watch of it because you're having so much fun, if that makes sense. Um, Jordan, how about you, man? Is this better than First Class for you? No, I'd say I still like the First Class movie better. Uh, Ooh. The ending, uh, the the last quarter of this movie, the last act, I is where this movie sort of falls apart with for me. Uh, we'll probably go into more details when we talk about it later, but uh, I I still enjoyed the movie. It's just it's just not like where First Class was almost a Hall of Famer for me. This one's like, yeah, I liked it, but it's definitely not a Hall of Famer. So Seth, we know how you feel about it. I have a I have a bigger and better question for you. Okay. Out of all the movies, where does Wolverine's hair in this movie rank amongst his hair in the other movies? I feel like it's not too embarrassing in this movie. Oh, I think they nailed it this time, especially going from the difference of future Wolverine to past Wolverine. I think this is actually the best they got and the most comic book accurate without it looking completely awful on screen. Like, they nailed this one. It looked bad until, I mean, it looked good until you saw him from the profile side it's like oh he has a gold mullet going on back there but you're right up front it looks really good jared are you with are you are you are you did the hair bother you at all because it's like the number one thing that bothers me that bothers me in these x-men movies is like oh they fucked up his hair no his hair is fine i don't it doesn't really like bother me because it's not like 
your hair has to be like ridiculously bad for me to like notice it really and it's not like a good look but it's not noticeable bad for me you watch x2 and you will be starting a hair hey, buddy podcast. i've seen all x-men movie <laughs> time so His hair is so bad in some of these man um I uh, I think his hair, Seth. You let me know if you agree. I think it's actually best in the Wolverine. Mm. It's just got a little, little like calyx on the side, almost. I feel like if you try to go too comic accurate, it's like it just doesn't translate well. I don't know. I mean, it, the Wolverine was good, but I I think they got they really did get his comic book look perfect, other than the uniform in this movie. I still think this one, this one got it best. All right, so once you go, uh, Seth, once you go down some of your favorite things here, and we'll just kind of respond. Okay. Uh, so one of my favorite things of this one is a couple different things. So if you take it into two chunks, the first chunk is going to be the future X Men. So like when they're in the future, fifty years in the future, right? Which is next year, uh, from when this movie uh, takes place. Uh, uh, when the, I liked that you got to see some old favorites, you know, Magneto, uh, Bobby, Kitty, you got to see Wolverine and Storm. And if you watch the Rogue cut, you get to see Rogue as well. Uh, I loved all that. You also got to see some new characters and the new characters that it's some true. They did not have a whole bunch of story or character development. And that is one of those things that plagues X-Men movies in general, as they try to throw too many mutants into a movie at once, but they did get to use their powers. And I always thought it was really cool to get to see them use their powers. Even if they, on that note, yeah, they hyped up Bishop before this movie came out. Bishop had his own fucking poster, and he might as well have not even been in this movie. I was I mean, so. Upset. You're right. He really, and that's the thing. They didn't really use the new mutants that they introduced, and that's kind of been one of their again the biggest downfall of the franchise is they would introduce these cool new mutants, you know, in the next movie we're gonna have a couple that do this. And then Dark Phoenix, we no, I don't want to talk about that. Uh but then X three also had that same problem. Wolverine Origins had that problem. Wolverine even somewhat had that problem. So your, your, do you do you remember going into this movie being hyped about anything and being disappointed by anything? Uh, being hyped or disappointed? No, not like, like going into it and like you felt like you were hyped for something that was promised and it didn't deliver because that's how I felt. Am I alone? No, there? Uh, I wouldn't say that just because I I don't get too hyped with X Men movies is because they're like on the <laughs> mediocre for me and everything on the comic book scale. So I was like, all right, I'm just gonna sit back and relax and enjoy it. Uh, in terms for me with the uh, the immunes that they added, I was actually fine with that, and I thought that was a good idea, just because it sort of almost shows how desperate they are at the beginning. So that was one element that I liked, and I felt like, well, they you really don't need to put too much background. You just need to know, like, hey, these these are the immunes that are left and just trying to survive. Jared, how about you, man? What you got? Um, I was not disappointed at all by the movie or let down. It actually over-delivered from the hype that I thought, um, especially on my first watch, because it was really good to see, like, the Sentinels in action, finally. And then uh, I just love the casting of Peter Dinklage, 
Um, he plays a really good bad guy. Uh, and yeah, no, I just overall I just thought the movie was like so much fun. And so, Seth, it. I feel I'm gonna let you continue, but I feel like me and Yorton are in one camp where we're just kind of like, yeah, okay. And then you and and Jared are like the ones who are who yeah. are loving this movie more than us. Well, let me tell you why you should love this movie. Okay. I'll tell you, you what you should. should. <laughs> All, right. All right. You should love this movie because it does something that most comic book movies completely miss the mark on. And they don't actually ever get to accomplish. And what that is, is you get the great big action moments and you get the cool action scenes of people using their powers. But the final climactic, decisive winning moment is someone not pulling the trigger of a gun. And the other part that's great is that Wolverine, even though he's a big character in it, isn't the focus of that action or that emotional scene. He's just kind of there. In fact, he actually gets you know pushed out fairly easily. And so he doesn't end up being the focus point like they do in most X-Men movies that he's in. And the other thing that's really great about it is the emotional beats of this movie. Like the bad guy, every single bad guy in here, the, the worst bad guy you have that's probably the closest to being unrelatable is Bolivar Trash, but even Bolivar Trash, you can at least see where he's coming from, even if you're like, yeah, no, that's really bad, I can at least see where he's coming from, but like Magneto, for example, even though you're like, oh, well, hopefully you're like, oh, yeah, no, you probably shouldn't act this way, it's super relatable, so you don't have that, and I kind of talked about this in the first class podcast, is you just, with mutants and X-Men, which makes them great, is you don't typically have the straight-up supervillain, you just have someone who's going about mutant rights a slightly different way even if it's a super ultra aggressive and illegal way there's still you can at least understand that they're still trying to get things right and it makes it for a very dynamic superhero movie that like when you watch an mcu movie you don't and i'm not i don't hate mcu movies by the way so that's, this is not trying to dog them or anything you don't really get that with their villains and even when you watch dc movies you don't really get that moment and in most superhero movies especially mc movies you're more likely to get a kaiju fight than you are to get the fact that someone didn't act being the decisive moment. And I think that's just fantastic, especially for superhero movies. Man, there's a lot to unpack there. So I, I, I agree with a lot. You're right. You made a good point there with like the movie climaxes with someone not pulling the trigger. And I think the only other hero movie to do that, I think is Dr. Strange. The first one he, he negotiates with Dormammu, <laughs> whatever. Um, but it took, like, what, however many movies to get there for him to do that. And I think the X-Men are just, they're so prime. I think they're the best characters to have in these movies because there's just so much more to work with than the other movies, which have a lot to work with. But, like, the X-Men, there's so many of them. They all have their own causes and reasons for doing things. And it's the social message there is obvious and you can work so many things with it um i i just think i think you're right and i think this movie accomplished that um jordan what do you think man off of what seth said off of what seth said i, I would say the mcu has gotten a lot better with their villains in the late later movies on making sure they give their villains uh backgrounds and understanding why they're doing that so but For yes sure. especially at the beginning i feel like that their focus was more on the heroes themselves. 
Uh, I would like to bring up though the my favorite MCU movie is the one where yeah the main character gets knocked out and it's actually the sort of villain person that actually saves the day with Winter Soldier because it's Bucky who pretty much saves the day and Cap's knocked out and Cap gets saved by Bucky at the end. Yeah, I was thinking when Seth was talking, I was like, Winter Soldier is the closest X Men movie we got in tone. So it's one of the best MCU movies. Yeah, like I said, that's my favorite yeah. MCU movie. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. I just think the X Men has the best characters and best villains and best heroes. You know, because there's just everyone switches sides at one point for different reasons, and you, and you believe it, and it all makes sense. Like you talked about, like villains and their motivations, and you really like like them in these X Men movies. Like going back to um, Magneto and First Class, it was like. I don't disagree with anything he's doing. Like, I actually you, disagree, you don't disagree what he's doing, really. Well, like in the beginning when he's hunting down his all the people in the in the concentration camp. Who okay, like, but at the them. end of the movie, I uh, see. But that's the thing about it that makes it so great is that the end of the movie. It's like I could easily do that. Like I could easily, if I was in his shoes, yeah. make that decision. Like I would, I would easily see how that happens. Exactly. It's very Where understandable. Did... <laughs> okay. Uh, I I don't agree with his methods at the end. Like, I, I understand yeah, okay, yeah, why, but I don't agree, agree with his methods. <laughs> uh, yeah, obviously we don't agree. You're right. But, like, you understand, and you're like, I mean, I yeah, get this... it, dude. I don't want you to, but, like, I get it. <laughs> yeah, I just want to be clear. This is a big difference between understanding and agreeing with. <laughs> yeah. But he's also one of the few villains that when he makes a decision, I'm like, you know, if I was in that situation, I might make that same decision. And I put myself like, you know, if I'm Thanos, right, I can't snap, snapping my fingers to eliminate half the population. I, I can't I can't really wrap my head around me ever getting to a point in my life where I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, if I was in your shoes, I would do this. You know, yeah, I would. I, it's, it's things and, not, and I like Thanos as a villain. So, again, I'm, I, it sounds like I'm just bragging on MCU right That's now. I'm just, sure. try, yeah, I'm just trying to, like, go to, like. You know, next I don't want to do DC movies because that seems unfair. Uh, you know, we don't want to punch down here. But like, it's just he's one of the villains that I can at least, at the end of the day, even if I disagree with his things, I'm like, you know, I if I was in his shoes, I may end up being that way. Um, so you brought up something earlier in in your beautiful and well thought out speech, um, where you said these characters, you know, like. The movies fail in delivering some of the characters that they promise in previous movies, and they just like. And this movie is a prime example. Like, they gave you a whole new original five cast of characters in first class, and most of them were killed off screen in this movie because they. I felt like this movie was rushed. I think originally it was planned to be the third entry in the franchise, but the studio just said, "No, we we're going to go ahead and make this second now. We're just going to make it now," and because of that. They just killed off all the characters that were supposed to be the anchor of the franchise. Now, I will say, I did not miss any of the characters that they killed off. And I, because they suck. Yes, they, I, I agree with that. I, I do agree with you, which is one of the reasons why I feel like in first class when they chose them, they chose them because they, well, kind of did suck. And I was glad to see some other characters besides the ones we got in the first trilogy getting more screen time, especially not seeing Wolverine except for a five-second cameo. 
uh, in first class, and that's one of the things I thought was a highlight of it. But, uh, yeah, they, I mean, they use Havoc really well in the next movie. And, yeah, that's about it, other than Beast. See, I I always came to the conclusion that it's just mainly because of the direction change. And basically, when uh, they get, uh, when uh, yeah. Matthew Vaughn got to make First Class, they didn't get him to play use all the toys. So he's like, "All right, fine, I'll work with what I got." And I I like the mutants, the the non popular mutants in that that movie for the for the most part. And I. So I was like, it didn't bother. It did bother me on the days of the future past, where it's like, oh, we're we're just going to take them out and be like, yep, they don't matter anymore. It's like, oh, well. So, wow, I agree and disagree with what you said. So you said like they gave Matthew Vaughn the movie and said like you can't use all the toys though because you have to force it, and that's where I think they they went wrong. That's why I wanted that full reboot, and um. You, it's funny you missed. Oh God, you actually missed like Havoc, who was just yelling into the ocean in first class. <laughs> With Havoc, that was Banshee that was yelling. Or are you talking about Banshee? Oh man, I'm sorry. Hey Seth, are you still here? Yep, I'm still here. Okay, okay. So I think Jared left. There we go. Um, yeah. Jared is having issues. He said he'll try to get back. Um, okay, so. It's funny, me and Jordan are both in the same place with this movie. It's just for different reasons. Um, how do y'all feel about the Sentinel design? Because I, I didn't like it. Well, which I one do you not like? The first one, uh, the uh, futuristic one, or the one at the end of the movie? Um, I disliked the futuristic one more. Like, I didn't like it a lot. And then um, the the one, the original design, I was like, it's better, but man, just it's already there for you. Just it's in the comics. Just look at that. Everyone knows that image as a sentinel. Just just steal it. So I was upset a little bit. Seth, sound like you were about to say, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't mind them because it looks kind of like a. So I understood having a thirty foot tall, you know, nineties X Men version sentinel is probably not within the budget. It was probably a budget constraint with that, uh, and a also shooting constraint given that the sentinels weren't the true bad guy and ultimate end all be all bad guy they were the bad guys but they weren't they're the henchmen of the movie essentially Mm -hmm. um but like it looks like a nimrod meets a you know the traditional sentinel they had i like that they had the purple and white in the you know 70s version and i liked the sleeker versions that they had in the future and how you could tell the replicating skin because it had like the same type of stuff that when mystique changes has that same look to it uh, so I, I thought it made sense for the story in the story in the movie they were using. So it didn't really bother me. Uh, it's not the Sentinel head you see in X3, but I mean, I'm okay with that because ultimately I feel like it's what made it worked for the movie that they had and the story they had without taking away from it too much. Yeah. Okay. Like I like the 70s Sentinel, the futuristic one. I just thought it looked bland and uninteresting, quite frankly. And yeah. that was my big problem, especially since you're you've got this dark sentinel, and the environment's dark, and you're just like it just sort of gets lost in the in the movie, and so that that's the problem I have with it. The other problem I have, because you brought up about Mystique and the powers, is the fact that they're supposed to copy the powers of the immunes by using uh, her genes. 
but that's not her ability at all. No. That, that that bugs me a lot because it's like no, her ability is just to look like them, not to okay. take their powers. So my takeaway or my head for this, they didn't explain this in the movie, so just take it for a grain yeah. of salt because obviously it could just be complete crap. But my takeaway from it was is her genes allowed them the replication abilities, and then they would take other mutants' powers. And so it's not that her genes gave them the ability to copy powers as much as it gave them the ability to change. Does that make sense? So they would change, and she would change shapes. The system was changed powers. And so it just gave them the understanding of how they could incorporate the biotechnology to incorporate other powers into them. It's how they change from one power set sentinel to a different power sentinel. A no, lot of work for this you, movie. I, yeah, I don't see that because fundamentally inside she's still this, pretty much the same. She doesn't – it doesn't change the parts. It just It's just more like she move, moves herself around a different form. Now, if they would have used Rogue, on the other hand, I would have completely understand that that would work. Oh, oh, that would make no, sense. They did. They did. Wait, that was a thing. That was in the Rogue cut. That in is the a Rogue thing. Cut, but that's not the yes. uh, the movie that we get. I just want to know though that that was part of what where that kind of comes from is that's why they had yeah. to go save Rogue at some point in the thing. And in fact, I think they actually could have kept that in the movie because it actually doesn't affect the but, movie. But I get why they did. It does affect the movie because that's the whole basis of. Why? Why they have to go save her? Why the the whole movie revolves around that? Well, I mean, it does. Teenager. But I feel like if I mean, and this is one of those things where I understand what you're saying because it it does make sense about why if you really want to know the answers to that one. But I feel like this movie also works with taking that one a little bit on faith that the Sentinels can do that because of her genes mixed with obviously using rogues as well. But like. I don't know. It works for me to where I don't really question it. I didn't really question it. I do yeah. see where your questions come from. I mean, it's definitely there, but it was just something more along the lines of like, oh, they have to make sure that they don't get her DNA. And I mean, it made sense for me for the plot to work that way, but I get what you're saying. So, <laughs> damn. Okay. That was a good little discussion there. Um, but like, go back, go back to what Jared said. Like, this movie is a lot of fun. And, I, I didn't even notice that flaw until Yorton picked it out. And I don't think Yorton noticed it his first watch. I think it's no, something I, he picked up. No, I noticed it my first watch. Wow. And I'm like, what? But it's one of those things that bugs me. But I still, I can still stand by with the movie. It's just something that bugs me about yeah. it. Something personal that bugged me in Yorton, you know this about me. My favorite X-Men is Colossus. God damn, I love Colossus. <laughs> you know, and like, I'm going to, I'm going to see X2. I was like, X-Men 1 disappointed me, but X-2 looks good. And here's Colossus in the beginning during the home invasion. And he armors up. Ching, 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 ching. I was like, this is the coolest motherfucker ever. <laughs> and he has his five seconds of glory. And we don't hear from him again for movies upon movies. He's back in this movie for five seconds. Steals a show. Looks cool as hell. And then disappears again. I'm like, god dang it. He is the coolest looking mutant on screen and just let this man shine and they don't they keep fucking him over man they killed him off. twice in this movie <laughs> Ugh. i mean you got him with wolverine let's do the slingshot move let's just let's have some fun here like i just don't get it and then you know of course they bring him back for deadpool and he's the largest person in existence, and there's no way that metal giant can transform into a hu human. And so I was just like, Ugh, they, 
they had it and they just didn't use it. It's like, here is a beautiful brand new tool in your tool chest, but you're not going to use it. You're just going to look at it. Um, that's personal, though. Um, by the way, Seth, who's your favorite X-Men? Oh, my favorite X-Men ever is Cyclops. Cyclops is right. Do you feel they did him right in these movies? Oh. No. Oh. They, did him, they did him right in one movie. There's only what one the, movie they did him right in. Which one? Uh, Apocalypse. Oh, you like the younger version. Okay. Yeah, I feel, and they, they did him actually, he did pretty well in Dark Phoenix for what could be well done in that movie, which is not much. But uh, the Ty Sheridan, they were, that was the one thing where this movie series was heading that I thought was in the right direction is that they were heading more towards a Scott and Gene focus mm-hmm. and not having Wolverine in it. And I thought that was actually a really good direction they were heading in. And the fact that they bungled it in the fourth movie, notwithstanding, I did like that. So I, I liked Cyclops there. I thought that could have grown into the Cyclops I love because I love revolutionary Cyclops. But is that the problem with the X-Men franchise is they never know which direction they're going in. Every time you get a movie and they 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 tease you with the preview of what's to come, they just don't use it and they go a different direction. It's just... You, you, I, you, aud- you audibly groaned real quick, by the way, when I said Cyclops and if he was used right. What's your thoughts? Well, because I, I'm like Seth. Cyclops was like one of my favorite X-Men. And the movies, I, I'm glad you feel good about him in the movies. I, I don't feel like he ever got justice in the movies. And I'm just like, uh, I, I, I'm just like, does Brian Singer just, I feel like Brian Singer absolutely hates Cyclops. Pretty much. <laughs> just all the jokes and everything he likes to make with him. And yeah. And it, I'm sure people at home are saying like, you guys are really not going to talk about Brian Singer. Like that, that's not, we're not that kind of podcast. We we hate everything he's done outside of the movies. And I don't think he's, we all think he's a horrible person, uh, but that's not our podcast. We're going to move on from that and you can go elsewhere for that stuff. Um, and yeah. You can't talk about the X-Men's without bringing him as the director because no. he did so many of the movies. I wish that he was a better person outside of directing because the man makes some damn good movies, but man, is he an awful person? He's only really good at, a couple X-Men movies, though, you look at his IMDb and it's like, bro. You, bro, it's not... whoa. The Usual Suspects? Okay, that's the only one people can come to. Bohemian Rhapsody? He didn't I... direct that. No, he didn't direct that. He's on the he's on the movie poster. It says directed not on by, by, by him. He, di- he directed, I think, like half to three quarters of it before he had to be taken off. Due to all the stuff that was going on. There was a, he was drunk on drugs. He wasn't there half the time. And they finally, they, someone else was directing that movie behind the scenes. They just I know couldn't. they finished it. But he also did House. He's an executive producer and director of House, the first episode. He was even okay. in a House episode. You can't House. live one episode of House. No, I mean, but he was an executive producer. He was one of the guys like driving forces behind that. it. I mean, that was a great show. Uh, he did some other things too. Hold on. Now I'm going to look this up because I'm curious. Jack and the Beanstalk, baby. I didn't mind Superman Returns. It was not great, and it was not like the best thing ever. But I appreciated it for what it was trying to do. Now, he has like three and a half good movies in my book. Um, the rest can are blockbuster rentals when you're high. That's about it. For me. <laughs> but I do love his X Men movies. I, I will say, I absolutely love those. I, I don't like that he came back after Vince or uh, after uh, Matthew Vaughn. I almost said Vince Vaughn. Um, I think Matthew Vaughn. They, they should have just stuck to it and like, well, let, let's let you do this trilogy. And I feel like they got too eager too quick. I don't know. I just. I want to say I think he also left for a different reason. 
I can't swear to that, but I thought he like there he was the, Go ahead. For the same re- well, for the same reason that Singer didn't do X three was the same reason Matthew Vaughn didn't do the next movie was because they both had projects and Fox was like, well, we're doing this movie now, and so they brought back. Also, I like Valkyrie, by the way. I enjoyed that. So movie. Our, our Tom Cruise and his he's playing a German and he doesn't have an accent, which I love. It's such a Tom <laughs> Cruise move. Um, so I think Brian Singer wasn't brought on for X Men three because the studio was pissed that he went and made Superman Returns instead. They're like, what oh, no. up? No, he was planning to make X3, but when he went to make Superman Returns, he's like, hey, well, we still got to make this movie. He's like, well, I am still planning to make it, and I'm going to make it, but I'm going to make it after this movie. And Fox is like, no, we're going to move in instead. So, yes, essentially yeah, it became point. a fucking. I, but I think, I, I mean, this isn't, I don't know, this is half ass internet research. Um, I think Matthew Vaughn left because he was like, I don't want to go in that direction. I want to, like, I the treatment I wrote for Days of Future Past is the third installment. I, I don't think he wanted to come back and they were just, they just brought singer back. Cause he was like a security net. I think, you know, anyways, ah. well, I'm glad because if that Matthew Vaughn didn't do the next X-Men because he did direct at the same time, uh, Kingsman. And I'd yeah. much prefer, I really, really enjoyed Kingsman. So I was glad that, Oh, he's not doing the next X-Men. He, we, we get him to do Kingsman, the secret service, man. What a, incredible surprise movie i also don't think he would have done good at days of future past i like matthew vaughn i don't think he could have done as good of a job on this movie his style i don't think would have worked really i I feel like he's themed a movie with him well because like this movie because it goes back and forth and it has that dual timeline effect on it and everything and then you have that this like matthew vaughn is great please understand i am not dogging matthew vaughn at all matthew vaughn's work is amazing Okay, but I just don't think he really like, I think the right man did this job because Singer did the original trilogy actors and you know he knows the X-Men movie universe right or wrong on some of the things but like you know his movies were you know X2 was considered one of the greatest comic book films for a long time by most people not, not everyone and so I think having him come in to blend those two was actually a good call for that. I think I don't think Matthew Vaughn's able to pull that off quite as well as he did. Uh, and again, not dogging Matthew Vaughn at all because yeah. that man's work is amazing. But, well, like I said, I'd much prefer to have the Kingsman than him directing the. The, <laughs> the Kingsmen's are great. Yeah, Kingsmen's great. Um, so Seth, I know it started off with you talking about what you loved about this movie, and we are just kind of we're now we're going through the bad. Sorry, we'll go back to the good here in a little bit. No, it's fine. Um, um, one of the flaws that Yorton brought up the the Sentinel flaw about like adapting powers. It's never really explained how Kitty Pride got these new time travel powers because that's <laughs> not her power set, and she still has her old power power set. So it's not like they just went, but like, oh, she this is different Katie and she has different powers or something. So yeah, just, you just accept it and it's like, okay, whatever she, we got to do it. She's supposed to be able to now phase people through time is the technical definition for it. And the original version was supposed to have Rachel gray, the actual person who's supposed to send people back actually there to do it, but they didn't want to have to explain who she was in the movie universe. And so they thought it was an easier explanation for audience. This is the actual reasoning. The an actual lead to see someone they've already seen and just kind of go with phasing people through time instead of just space now. I to me that's a very dubious yeah. definition. But 
I mean, it got Wolverine back in time, and you know, I didn't have to hear uh, what's what's uh, what's their name, Elliot Page uh, act. I'm not an Elliot Page fan all that much as far as acting goes, so I was not too upset about them only having to sit there for the movie. Man, I like a lot of their movies though. Like Juno's great, Whiplash, the one where she or when she was a she was a uh, a roller skater. Like that one's really good. I don't know. I, to be <laughs> fair. <laughs> I watch Umbrella Academy, and they're my least favorite character in that, and that's in X-Men okay. were the only things I've seen them in. So I'm talking from a small sample size. Uh, I have a note here that says Storm still sucks. <laughs> I, in fairness, though, she was pregnant during this movie, so they had to cut out a lot of her storylines, including a romantic subplot with Wolverine that I was actually all for. She's just completely miscast as Storm. I mean, she's beautiful. But Storm, I mean, this goes back to the original trilogy. Like she's mm-hmm. an African goddess almost, you know? And here she is mm-hmm. speaking with a 100% American accent with no authority and some of the dumbest lines I've ever heard. And I was like, oh, God. Storm is actually Thank supposed you, to be Josh the leader of the X-Men. That's just not great. Because uh, he wrote that Toad line. Oh, did he really? Mm. Oh, groaning right now. Oh. Um, okay, Uh-oh. so let's get back. Let's get back to. Uh, we all spank. What? Huh? We hear you. Ah, oh, crap! You are breaking up. Well, it'll pick up. <laughs> We're gonna continue. Um, hopefully, it picks up. Um, just just chime in if it starts going better. Um, Yorton. Yep. Did yeah, you know? I hear it now. You're good now. Okay, so Trask. And X3 was a mournful-looking black man. Now he's Tyrion Lannister. (laughs) Also, why is he the same age in 1973 as he was in 2004 or whenever X3 came out? I don't know. Like, just one of those things, uh, the continuity I would just claim those they were cousins. They just so happened to share the same name. (laughs) They're cousins. (laughs) Seth, use your logic to... Your, your magic that you've been using to fix that one for me. Okay, so here you go. When Bolivar Trask got sent to prison, right, all of his vast fortune that was left went to a family member who also carries the name Bolivar Trask. And they adopted a son, and the adopted son was African-American, and that is how that happens. So all not right. much different from my cousin. <laughs> yeah, really not. <laughs> Fair point. Now I'm back on board, baby. Um... <laughs> How'd you guys feel about the black uniforms? Because I was like, damn it, we're back to this. I guess it made sense for the dark future they are in. But it's like, man, the, the movie promised us blue and yellow from the last movie. And now we're like, we're immediately back to Brian Singer and his leather obsession of so, black oh. leather. To me, it's more the fact that they're just uninterested. Not so much that they're not yes. comic uh, inaccurate. Because if you can have comic inaccurate outfits and make them at least interesting and to me it's just they're just generic as can be and it's almost like a a meme like if i would want to make a parody movie it's just like yes just put them in the most generic outfit that would be that i that's the one problem with the movies overall and this isn't even just this movie is that overall when we get to apocalypse i'll talk about it even more when i talk when we get to dark phoenix i'll probably rant about it for full 20 minutes I the uniforms are the one things that they get wrong consistently. And 
they just constant. I mean, there's so many times where they have these moments where it's like, oh yes, they're about to do it right, and then they yeah. don't. And you're yeah, like, so you're at, at the end of Apocalypse, they tease yes. like accurate uniforms, and the next and movie they look so like, good. They look so good. Sorry, I'm very. That was the my, my biggest anger at Dark Phoenix is they did not follow through with that promise. No, it's not. One of my biggest angers. There's so many anger problems I have with that movie. Um, this is so small, but I'm never going to get a chance to talk about this and record it. So I'm just going to say Toad is in this movie, but wouldn't he be like, he should be like an infant at this point? Because he's in the first X-Men movie, right? Uh, Toad's, yeah, Toad's <laughs> age slowly. That's my that's my go-to. Okay. The Toad mimicry makes him age slowly. He, he's half cold-blooded, so he has a slower metabolism, so he ages slower. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I, I like have it. I have a couple more complaints, and I'll just shut the hell up after that, and I'll talk about. I'll, I have a lot of good things to say about this movie. I promise. So if you're listening, like this is. This is, I'm sorry, I'm just going to apologize. Um, but this is a huge thing for me. I know you hate Beast Seth, but Yorton, where's Beast rank for you real quick? Is he, is he one of your top ten? I always enjoyed uh, Beast because, I, I, just because I sort of like the philosopher-scientist fighter. I like that mix, and so I've always enjoyed Beast. Um, you know, I haven't been deeped into his comic book, so I don't know why... Like, maybe if I was more deep in the comic books, I wouldn't like him like how Seth would, but I mainly remember him from the the 90s cartoon, and he was one of my favorites in the 90s cartoon. Seth, you were saying something? Oh, no, I was saying I hate him uh, from the comics. Not so anything from the his media outside of that's perfectly fine, and, you know, like, I'll take Beast over, I mean, a lot of other superheroes but because yeah. he's just a mutant in an x-men and i'll take x-men over anyone i mean i'd rather watch a solo movie about maggot the x-men than some solo movies that sony's putting out but i uh i can't stand beast because of the comics i i hate beast so okay so um okay i'm just gonna say like as i wrote this down i realized well it is beast you know going through like learning to live with his mutation but here's what i wrote down um beast being able to transform back and forth was insulting to his character he was the one mutant in the comics and show who fully embraced being a mutant and refused to hide it and so it's just kind of like not the not the beast it's Mm. not i don't know it just it really bugs me it's like commit to it man you're beast you're the one who like shows people like um a mutant and I could be an ally, not someone who's straight up just like, I'm embarrassed to be a mutant all the time. He, I mean, he was at first, and that's what no. transformed him, but he evolved, and he didn't evolve in this movie. I, I don't know about that. I don't, I don't agree with that, especially in his comic stuff, because one of the things he does is he's constantly experimenting on himself, trying to revert himself, and that's why he keeps getting worse and worse. And, like, you know, like how he gets the lion look in Grant Morrison's run, and then... And like then alternate timelines, it's he gave himself so much he lost his brain powers at different times and stuff. I mean, I think it's very much within his character to try to experiment and hide himself, especially at the young one. But I do like that when the movie ends, we see Kelsey Grammer again and he's accepted himself. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah I, I think what I'm doing is I'm projecting fully adult grown beast onto this this younger version of beast who hasn't accepted himself yet so 
Maybe that's an issue with me. Um, we all agree the Quicksilver scene is going to be talked about in the scene of the movie. Yeah, that's the big takeaway with the movie. That that's that that's it's, probably everyone's in for the most part most people's big takeaway and that was what everyone was talking about when the movie came out was the Quicksilver scene. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean Zack Snyder tried to copy it, he failed. And oh. it was uh it's my second favorite scene of the movie. I mean, I and I love okay. the movie and I love that scene. So the, yeah, the only fantastic. problem I have with them is then it's just like, well, then why don't you just? It comes to then why don't you just use Quicksilver all the time because he becomes so OP. <laughs> That's the one problem with that scene is the fact that they don't give a way for him to. Be, I, I feel scene? like maybe they would ha- explain like a way to be like, oh, he only can do this like so many times or limit him or something. Because oh, they... then it just becomes like, oh, it, why don't you just always use him? He's gone, uh, mate. They do limit him in the second movie from now, two movies from now. And then they explain what, I don't know, the next movie has a great scene, which kind of helps knock him down a peg, if that makes sense. And they just didn't take him along this one because he's too young. So, I mean, they have reasons, but they're kind of weak. A person out of the Pentagon military prison, and he was eager to go to the next event, and they're like, no, 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 this one's going to be too dangerous. Where, to me, it should have been less dangerous, but then Magneto jumped in and everything. <laughs> and Magneto Magnetoed it? I mean, yes. That's what he does. Um, so, I'm glad we all agree. Like, we said something good about Quicksilver. He looks ridiculous in this movie. I don't like their interpretation they went with. Um, if you, you didn't know what, have though, a... I, I like it. The, the, I'll, okay. I'll defend this quick, similar, because when I say, if you're not going to go comic accurate, make it interesting, at least. And I felt like his look was very interesting and very iconic, I feel like. He's the only Quicksilver I've ever liked. I feel like, okay, well, let's hold on. Um, <laughs> I feel like if he didn't have that slow-mo scene, he probably wouldn't be held in high esteem as a really great Quicksilver because that scene pretty much did everything for him. And I, I, I guess I didn't like his look, but Jordan liked it. So. Like the scene when they first uh, introduced him, like when right, he's right. just like goofing around, just going when he's trying to talk to everyone and then like pickpocketing them and everything. Yeah. Um, They dropped one line about Magneto potentially being his father and that's not enough for me i was like no that's a huge part of his character you know as charlie's trying to like make his father proud and be accepted by magneto and it's just like "Eh, well this is before the fox disney merger so they couldn't say that it was and so that was the best they could do no no they, they could they could for this one and they did talk about it but they don't talk about it in this movie yeah i'm saying later ones they could but no, no, no. They, I mean, they they could have in this one because the rights for Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch are weird, nebulous things. That's why they had them in Age of Ultron, in which in Age of Ultron, they are not mutants because in the comics, they're technically not mutants now. But that has been retconned and re-retconned and retconned and re-retconned so many times it's a head-spinning thing. So they were able to use them in this movie as mutants, and they could be and are Magneto's kids even at the time. They just didn't want to talk about in this movie because it just would have taken it a whole down a whole new rabbit tra- rabbit hole, which okay. is why they wait till the next movie 
to do it. Yeah, the rights issue is weird because it's like they are mutants, but they first appeared in an Avengers comic. So it's like they both both companies have the right to Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. But you're right. The MCU for, before the merger could not say mutant. Um, and they I guess because of that, they couldn't even address the the parents, you know, of Mag- well, being, being Magneto. But they could have done it in this movie. And all they did is yes. drop it online. Um, and he he did say, you know, my mom knew someone who worked with metal and stuff like that. And in the yeah. comics, they're no longer even related. I think that's already been retconned again. So the comics are Probably. so reactionary to the MCU that it's yes. like, what are you doing here? It's like, no, just stick to. <laughs> everyone yes. knows they're the fa- they're the the son and daughter of Magneto. Like everyone knows that. Like we're not going to pay attention to this weird retcon you're trying to do. Thank um, you, Axis. Yes. Um, Magneto's first class helmet was great. I don't know why Switcher swing, uh, switched it up in this movie. That's a small complaint. Um, yeah. Seth, I promise we're getting to the good shit. I promise you. Um, <laughs> you know, we'll do it right now. Let's go to the real good stuff right now. Um, I feel like Magneto and Professor X carry this film even more so <laughs> than Hugh Jackman, who was also great. But like, dude, I think, I think, I just think uh, James McAvoy is probably my favorite actor and Fassbender is up there. Like, Fassbender carries these movies. He's so yes. much better, even in the bad ones. He's like, damn, yes. that Magneto scene was fucking awesome. Yes. Yorton, are you on board with that? or? Yeah, I mean, I I put him as MVP in the last movies. Oh, nice. Same. Did they tie MVP? Nope. Nope. They probably should have. Co-MVP. I, mean, I, I would have been okay with that, but yeah. Yeah, like, they're, they're so good, like... I think also they're better written in these in these movies, their relationship at least, than they were in the original trilogy. Because like you didn't really get that that connection yes. as hard as you do in this, where you're like, God, I just want these two to figure it out because they're so well, good the, together. The original was so Logan focused, which I I like Wolverine. He's my third favorite X Men, but they're so focused on Wolverine that you kind of lose some of that. And so these movies focusing on that, you really get to see it shine and it works. Um, I like Quicksilver speed effect. And I think it's the coolest thing this movie does. The only problem I have is that it ruined the MCU version because they couldn't copy it. <laughs> they're like, oh, well, we can't steal from, from the, the, the MCU one died from being shot with a bullet. <laughs> I know. Just <laughs> to be fair, though, they they did have him toned down uh, the whole time during the movie. He was not anywhere close to the the uh, Days of Future Past speed as Quicksilver. Um, and I didn't like the Charles Mystique relationship in First Class. I didn't like the idea of it, but I th- and I I have issues with Mystique moving forward because of the role she takes. But in this movie, I thought she was used very well. In the comics, she's not like this big bad. She's just a villain who very rarely will sometimes do good. And that's who she was in this movie. She's not the big bad of this movie, but she's the villain of sorts, you know? I don't know how else to describe it. Seth, were you, did I mean... Are you, did you like? I know. Are you, I, first of all, are you a mystique defender in these movies? Oh, I 
I am a Mystique defender for first class and a Mystique defender for Days of Future Past. And that is where my defense of her ends. I think it works really well. And I think that this movie was leading her to the direction that we could ultimately see her becoming the gray, mostly evil every now and again, doing a good thing that we see in the comics. And I thought it was heading, pushing her in the right direction. And they totally screwed it up because they cast her for Lawrence in first class. Who I hate. I do not like Jennifer Lawrence. So after this, I stopped defending her. How much more time do you got? I, I mean, if I, if we can wrap it up in the next fifteen, or if we can jump to the, I'm, out, I don't, I'm not trying to rush y'all. It's just getting late for my family. I'm sorry. Um, okay. Um, I'll, I'll be quick. The, the, it's a fun movie. Tone is great. The X Men with all their powers translate well to the big screen. Can't wait for them to be done right in the MCU, though. I feel like. <laughs> It does so many things well. It nails the themes that's going forward. The relationship dynamics are fantastic. It's perfectly paced. The wildly, it's wildly entertaining, well acted. The little details piss me off, but that's just what you get when Brian Singer directs the movie. He just does stuff like that. Um, not really sure how Magneto gained control over the Sentinels. He just put metal inside of them, I guess. Um, Here, right. Here's my thing. The problems with that, what had that... They, he putting in the metal made it act like puppets. So I could see if they moved around and everything. I didn't like the fact that it also affected the programming. That's the part, the programming. Yeah. He did look at the blueprint. So my takeaway is oh. that he read something that allowed him to uh, tie into that or something. I do not understand how that works either. But at least they showed him at least studying the blueprints that he stole. <laughs> so theoretically, there is something that could allow yeah. him to tie into 70s technology. Like, if they'd have just had it straight up, like, analog computer, like, and then, like, they were a puppet, okay. But, no, when they overgo the look of it and the software running, it's like, oh, no, that's software, like, straight up software. How are you going to... (laughs) You shouldn't be affected that. Um, All right, so let's... Anyways. Let's let's just go to the categories real quick. Let's just knock them out. (laughs) Um, Who's your sixth man, y'all? Actually, I like it. Best scene, best scene. Because here are the nominees. I have the Quicksilver scene. I have Magneto versus Mystique um, when they first meet, and the music as Magneto goes evil again and floats down from the window. He, you know, it's when he hits her with the bullet. Mm-hmm. Um, Charles meeting his future self, meeting Patrick Stewart mm-hmm. was was great. The big battle at the end with the White House at Yorton, you know, didn't like. Um, I think the real two contenders here are the Quicksilver scene and the very end where Wolverine wakes up. And he's he realizes he's succeeded and he's in his own timeline and we visit all these characters that we're supposed to love and we run into like you know uh, Kitty Pride teaching a class he sees Jean Grey again and she's alive and it's a it's actually a really moving scene and he has that moment with Professor X. Um, you where, where are you going, man? Where where I'm going? Like that what? scene. Best scene. Oh, yeah. I, I even talked about it. Uh, the Quicksilver scene, of course. Uh, <laughs> that that was just greatly edited. Perfect music for it. Greatly, just amazingly shot. Just great special effects. It's like the whole package. Seth, what's your vote? Uh, for me, it is when Charles Xavier meets future Charles Xavier, because there was so much emotion to that scene that I get choked up almost every time I watch it. I mean, McAvoy is so good in that scene. Um, I want to go with the epilogue scene. I just, I love that scene. Even though I, I don't like the original trilogy, I was just like, it's just so good. Um, it, it, and it's a rare, truly happy ending for the X Men. 
So yeah, yeah. it's great. Um, MVP of the movie. Fastbender. Again, huh? Yeah, I'm going to give it the back Fastbender again. Yep. I'll spoil it. I'm going to be voting for the same person for four movies in a row. And here's the thing, too. Like, I feel like it, just from what Days of Future Past, Fastbender had a natural advantage just because they he had more to work with on it. This one, I feel like he doesn't have more work with, but he stands out more and still yeah, gets I mean, the MVP. McAvoy is... I mean, truly, you could honestly put both of these two, like you could put either of them as MVP and it'd be a completely fair award. As long as it's McAvoy or Fassbender for all four movies, you got it. Because they both I do would, such a great job. But I vote, like Fassbender more, so I always vote for him. My vote was for McAvoy, but like, yeah, I'm with you. It's in either one, I don't care. They're so damn good in these roles that as much as I want the Fox movies to be erased from history in the MCU and just like, I think they're going to, I'm so excited for the MCU version of the X-Men. I would not be mad if they just move these two guys over and pretend like the Fox movies didn't happen and just let them be their roles again. Like they're so damn good. Yes. Um, Yes. All right. Fun categories. We've got six man. Who's the six man of this movie? Quicksilver. It's gotta be Quicksilver. That's going to be sick. Quicksilver. Um, I mean, yeah, I was gonna say McAvoy. I always say McAvoy if he doesn't win the MVP. But uh, yeah, I'm going with Quicksilver. Yeah, six man is off the bench. McAvoy is. I, I just say I just feel so bad because McAvoy did such a good job that I feel like he should win something. But yeah, right. no, you're you're not wrong. But I just feel bad for him. That's uh, like giving. That's like LeBron wins MVP and Dwayne Wade is like six. <laughs> you can't do that. You can't do that. But yeah, it's no Quicksilver. Award. It's six man. Um, I know. It's, I just feel. Bad for McAvoy. I feel like he's getting the short shaft, and when he does such a great job, yeah, he gets lots of love in this podcast. It's all right. If you're listening, McAvoy, for some reason, (laughs) Seth wants to know that he still loved your acting. All right, (laughs) favorite act. If you're listening, let us know. Email us blockbusterhof at gmail.com. You are my favorite actor. Um, Russell Westbrook Award. So, which element, if taken out, would make a better? Would make this movie better? Storm. Fuck Storm. Get her out of this. Mm. I don't, her though, which is cool. I didn't actually have one when I was watching this movie. I had one for first class. I don't actually have one for this one. I actually enjoyed everything. I mean, the uniforms. Can we say, like, having comic accurate uniforms? Would that count? No, that's changing it. You gotta take it out. Yeah, taking it out. Yeah, I don't want to see them naked the whole time. Well, some of them, maybe, but not all of them. That's uh... Not- so yeah. he, here's my thing. And the reason why the big issue I have with the end scene, with the whole attack at the White House and everything, because they they don't want to have the government worry about like Mune's attack. But I feel like because of what Magneto did, even though they see, oh, yes, there's Mune's on our side, they're going to make plans to be like, hey, we need to take preparation for the ones that aren't going to attack us. So oh. I feel like, well, and they do. Yeah, and I feel like and that's how I get Wolverine. Uh, yeah. Well, no. Wait, hold up. It's not the real uh, major who picks up Wolverine. Yeah, that's a plot thread that goes nowhere. Yeah, I don't understand that one. That's one that is. Then <laughs> they completely screwed up the timeline. There we go. There's my Russell Westbrook moment. 
the that it was Mystique instead of the regular striker. There we go. Yeah. I'll go with that because they didn't actually do anything. I would understand if that. that was the real striker, but that wasn't the real striker. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know and what so they were trying Wolverine to do. Wolverine should never get his metal claws, but then he has metal claws. So get rid and of the And he goes in the eyes. next movie. Yeah, and the movie's better. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, Anyways, that that's my rant about it because I feel like all they did was actually make the situation worse than one murder. I felt like that would have been this scene would have caused them to escalate things even more than the one murder that Mystique would have done. Road trip. Mm-hmm. Who who'd be the most enjoyable to hang out with in this movie? Quicksilver. I think so too. Who'd be the worst? Uh, Magneto. Yeah, Magneto. <laughs> even though I like him as an actor, I would not want to hang out with that man. The dude has <laughs> no chill. <laughs> he's a little too murderous. <laughs> yeah, you don't know where he's going at any moment. He puts that helmet on. Like, what, I mean, they the were off for? Trip with them. They were flying in the airplane with him. He nearly destroyed the airplane they were flying in. All right, let's play Rotten Tomatoes game real quick. Uh, if you hear the song good, if you don't, I'll put it in post. Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes. It's the Rotten Tomatoes game. All right, um, Seth, what... What are you getting this movie on Rotten Tomatoes? What are you guessing, and why? I am giving it ninety-six because it's. I'm, I'm going ninety-six. Ninety-six because it's Ooh. so damn good. I'm going high with it, and I think it's. I, I mean, I rank it high. I mean, I'm just saying ninety-six. So, I'm not revealing the answer at all right now, but I am saying you're screwing yourself there because you're not giving yourself much. Right, you cut out on me. I'm this. sorry. All right, well, you're not giving yourself much room to miss here because you went so high. So, Yorton, what's your pick? I'm going to go 85. Ooh. <laughs> Someone won. The difference between your two guesses is one point. The movie got a 90. Oh, so hey. Yorton. <laughs> Yorton got it. Still at two wins. Um, all right. Um, it got a 90 and I mean, it's a, I mean, I would give it like an 85. It's up there. It deserves a good score. It had a budget of 205 million. It made 746 million. So good for it. Um, I'm going to highly recommend this movie. I think it's the best X-Men movie that's been released. I mean, I'm excited for Marvel to take this formula and fix all the things I hate about it because it's the X-Men are so good to, and fun to watch on screen. Even with all the problems I have, it's like, damn, there's just so many of them with so many powers. They translate so well. It's such a good time. It's very well written. Um, are you guys going to recommend this movie as well? <laughs> I'm still going to recommend this movie. Yes. Yes. To anybody and everyone, regardless of how they feel about superhero films. Um, Seth, you're putting it in the Hall of Fame, I'm guessing. Yorton, are you? No, I'm not going to put it in the Hall of Fame. I still enjoyed it quite a bit. It, I don't know, it just, there's things about this movie where I just, I don't enjoy the rewatchability of it, but I still like it. I'm not going to lie. With I have a lot of issues with this movie, but I feel like if it just comes on and I'm at a certain scene, I'm like, oh, alright, some good shit. I'm going to watch it. I'm just going to watch it. I think I'm putting it in, and that goes against everything I believe in because I have so many issues with this movie. But it, 
even with all my issues, it's it's so fun. It's just a really fun movie. You are putting a Brian Singer move. Let me get this right, Ray. You're putting oh, Brian Singer out of this. <laughs> no, no, Ray. You're doing the right thing. It's a good movie. I I'm just it at making least fun of him because of how much I've heard him rant about Brian Singer and X directing X Men movies. So I'm just messing with him for a bit. That's <laughs> Anyways, fuck um, Brian Singer. Um, okay. Um, all right. So next week we got what? <laughs> Apocalypse. Yes. The, yeah. Again, it's just. The only scene worth watching of that movie is Magneto's, if I remember correctly. You that is there is one scene that is the best scene. It's very clear cut favorite, but it is a uh, it's a good but flawed movie, much more so than the first two movies in the quadrilogy we're watching. Cool. All right, y'all. Uh, until next week. Hopefully, I'm sorry if I talked way too much this episode. I I have so many thoughts. I feel like all my thoughts are out there though. Like they're out there. I won't dominate so much. If I dominated this week, I'm so sorry. I won't do it again. Um, Next week, we're going to be watching Apocalypse. And we will see you guys later. Later. Later.